Good morning, folks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whew. Good morning, folks. Today is February 1st. Welcome to the second month of the year. We made it, people. Huh. Welcome to episode number 294 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Andrew Nakamura, Haircut Fish, Pelon, David Beard, and Greg Does Stuff, among others, are going to be shredding through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my analysis and opinion on all those stories, as well as many of you in chat, lending your opinions and thoughts on the subjects. It's a great, great experience, great conversation. But before we dig into the top cyber news, before we equip you with knowledge to go forward and just kick at work or crushing interviews, let me give some love to the stream sponsors, starting with my good friend Eric Taylor over at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. <clears throat> cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. You can see Barricade Cyber's website here. Eric Taylor might be one of the harder working men, hardest working man in cyber right now. Guy's living out of a suitcase, crushing baddies, talking ransomware negotiations. Man's a beast. Here's his website. Here's his calendar. Here's the first. Here's 10 a.m. You could get on Eric's calendar today. Just say, hey man, I work in InfoSec at a business. We have no plan for a cyber attack recovery. Like, what do you think we should do, right? Doesn't hurt to have a conversation. Plus it's great networking. All right, also wanna say again, much love to Recon InfoSec for their um, continued uh, support the last couple months. But uh, we now have a new sponsor. As you guys can see, I don't really have a read there. ACI Learning, IT Pro, you guys are familiar with it. ACI Learning, um, is was it pro tv so now it's it pro by aci learning i just want to remind everybody this is a learning platform for cybersecurity, it audit cloud it's much more than just cyber uh if you go to the website listed in the pin chat you'll see um you know uh, a landing page for it and it's basically you get a discount for being part of the simply cyber community i've been taking the pen testing course uh, in IoT devices, I've been loving it. I haven't played with practice tests or virtual labs or anything like that, but there's a lot going on here, guys. If you're looking for kind of a shortcut around um, getting consolidated uh, learning material all in one place, check out IT Pro TV. I like it. Also, I want to remind you that every episode, again, this is still pending, <clears throat> but according to the way I interpret the policies at... Um, ISAC and ISC squared. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE because it's more than 30 minutes, but less than an hour <clears throat> long. So be sure to say what's up in chat. Say hello. If you're on replay, say hashtag team replay. I do, I do enjoy a good team replay comment, y'all. So if you're live, love it. I see 83 of us here. We will stagger in slowly as we get the day going. But you know what we're doing today, guys? It's my favorite day of the week. My favorite day of the week. What day is it, Mike? What day is it, Mike? Hump day! That's right, guys. It is Worldwide Wednesday. We're going to be giddy up and on that. 
Whole Cyber Human Initiative given gifting 10 subs. What? Did we just become best friends? Thank yep. you so much, Whole Cyber Human Initiative. Giddy up, people. Grab those sponsorships. Jonathan Knock grabbed one. Hillary P grabbed one. Funky Monk with one. Guys, grab grab those memberships up. Nice job. And uh, definitely take advantage of the um, the emotes here. Hold on. I can't. Hold on, can I make this smaller? How do I? There we go. Do we get Antarctica in the house? No, B-Sec. So my my um, my contact who is in Antarctica right now, she messaged me. Uh, it's 2 a.m. there right now, and um, she had stuff going on like yesterday. She couldn't she couldn't get here to this thing. So <clears throat> the good news is, I mean, not the good news, but like the the map doesn't even have Antarctica on it. So we almost did it, but that's okay. Guys, I just want to let everybody know that on Worldwide Wednesday, it is sponsored by IT Pro TV also, right? So this is in addition to the actual like stream sponsorship. Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learning. The international, right? International Worldwide Wednesday online training solution for professionals in audit, cyber, and IT. To, for binge-worthy content, use promo code SIMPLYCYBER30 to get 30% off your first month or first year. Now, y'all, I messed up because we didn't do um, Daft Punk, but we're doing it now. I'm going to drop this sucker down to two minutes. Okay. Here we go, people. Where are you at? Let's run around the world. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? Help me out, mods. Texas is in the house. Boom, baby. UK's in the house. Thank you, UK. Charleston, my man. I love the low country. Auckland, New Zealand. Yes. Maine is in the house. We got you, Maine. Got some snow. Botswana. Oh, crap. Where's Botswana? Hold on. Uh, shit. I got you, Botswana. Wisconsin's in the house. Oi, oi, oi's in the house. I see you, Australia. Hey, Canada. Wisconsin, I love it. New York, Colorado Springs, big time. Hey, what's up, Paris, France? I see you. New Jersey, should be a different country. <laughs> a lot of people. Hey, France, I see you. NYC, New York, great state of Maryland. Hey, Michigan, I see you up a peninsula. Around the world is right, my friends. Come on now, where you at? Romania's in the house. I got you, Romania. UP, UP, I see India. Come on, India. Where you at? Where you at, South America? Come at me. South Africa's in the house. Thank you, mods. Nice. Nice. Arkansas. Yes. What's up, Boston? I see you at MIT. Hey, Aruba. Holy crap. Where's Aruba? Um, I hate to be uncultured, but where's Aruba? Aruba. We'll mark it if we can find it. India was Tom. Thank you, India. Aruba. Aruba. Does Aruba even show up on the map? It's in the Caribbean. DR in the house. I see you, DR. Yeah, we got Dominican Republic in the house. Holy crap, two minutes went by quick, guys. Netherlands in the house. Holy Jesus. Wow. Hold on, that was a really quick two minutes. Dang, son. 
All right, where's Netherlands? Where's Netherlands? Netherlands, Nether, na 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 na. Ooh, ooh, I see you, Netherlands. Okay, anybody else? Uh, we got, is that Venezuela? Do we have Venezuela? I see Venezuela. I don't know if that's Venezuela mistyped. Aruba won't show up on the map. All right, well, we know it's there. <clears throat> Comes at you fast. It does. Venezuela! Woo! Nailed it. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. North America, South America, uh, Central America, UK, I mean, uh, Europe, Middle East, um, ah, Asia, Australia, Africa. Way to go, everybody. Boom, roasted. We straight crushed it today. Way to go, everybody. We went around the world. This community is awesome. I genuinely appreciate all of you being here live and making this happen. Let's get into the news and have a great day. Aura and Cybersity partner to support a more inclusive cyber workforce. Oh, hold on one second. So um, <laughs> here, here's um, the, like, so right before I went live today, the CISO series, they haven't published the actual uh, blog post. So you know how I have the stories up every day? They don't have that today. They like, see, this is the 31st. That's the last one they did. So I actually had to listen to the podcast. I found out at 7.55, like five minutes ago. I had to listen to the podcast on two and a half X to quickly hear what the story was so I could Google it. Uh, so that's what that was. So let's 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 try that again, y'all. <laughs> Jerry, the Philippines is in the house. Oh man, that's awesome. Let's get let's get the Philippines up in this up in this piece. Nice. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm gonna take a picture of this and post it on social media afterwards. I'm so proud of us. We're we're awesome. All right, let's do it. Get your coffee. It's Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. Microsoft grants Fisher's verified cloud partner status. On Tuesday, researchers say that threat actors used unprecedented sophistication to obtain verified publisher status through the Microsoft Cloud Partner Program. Beginning December 6th, threat actors began spreading verified malicious OAuth apps to infiltrate the cloud environments of organizations in the UK and Ireland. OAuth is a token-based framework that enables user data sharing between third-party applications without the need to divulge their login credentials. Victims of the scam were potentially exposed to account takeover, data exfiltration, and business email compromise. In response to the scam, Microsoft disabled the malicious apps and associated publisher accounts and made improvements to its MCPP vetting process. Okay. All right. So this is, um, you know, if... Okay, so two things here. I wonder if there's like a pretty pretty graphic. Um, I do not see a pretty graphic. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, Microsoft Azure, you know, th th because of zero trust architecture, there's a lot going on in this story, guys. Because of zero trust architecture, um, Microsoft as a cloud provider, um, you know, basically says like, none shall pass. And then people are like, well, we're legit businesses. You're making it really hard for us. And they're like, okay, we'll have a vetting process where you can prove that you're legitimate and then things will move a little bit easier, right? You get, um, you can do uh, OAuth apps, right? So you can make it, um, I'm assuming this is so people can authenticate using their uh, Microsoft credentials in applications, right? Like, like federated authentication. I may be misunderstanding this, but that's what I think it is. Um, it, it, and if I'm wrong, it doesn't matter because the, the bigger point here is something else, okay? So 
Threat actors, yeah, you can spin up a quick phishing email using social engineering toolkit and fire it off and maybe harvest one credential. It's very quick, very, so like the amount of effort by the threat actor is low, but the return is also low. Okay, oh, what the heck? So, hold on one second. Oh, whatever. So, if they go through more work, more hurdles, more effort, more infrastructure, right? Then they can do more damage, right? This is the the Bianco pyramid of pain. So in this instance, these criminals went through the Microsoft Azure, um, like you know, uh, cloud partner program vetting process. They had to have um, either uh, like forged documentation, shell companies, right? They they had to put in some effort to build what would appear to be a legitimate company and get through the process. Once they're through the process, then they could start dropping malicious apps that look a little bit more trustworthy because Microsoft's saying like, yes, these are good, we vetted them. Now, two things are going on here. And one of them I think is most important, all right? And, and, and folks, if you're looking to break in the industry, I feel like what I'm about to say is valuable for everybody, but if you're looking to break in the industry, please pay attention to the next thing because I think it's, it's super important and it doesn't really manifest itself very often. Okay, when we are thinking of protecting organizations or if you're a, a, a red team operator or a criminal and you're thinking about how to attack a business, right? It's, it's two sides of the same coin. You have three you know, kind of areas to look at. People, process, technology. Now, people and technology are the ones that we always focus on, right? So tech, like zero day, not patched, misconfigured S3 database. I'm hacking all your wares, right? Like that's the one that most people think of. That's what Hollywood sensationalizes. Then there's people, right? I mean, do I need to say more than this? Right. Okay. So, like, we attack people all the time. We social engineer. Oh, as um, as the uh, technical, as the uh, the attack surface, the technical attack surface gets hardened as people move to zero trust architecture. The the focus turned from technology to attacking the human element of it. Right, and that's why information security awareness is so important, and a million other things. Okay. But lost in the mix is process. Process is just as feasible to attack it's just it's like integrity of the cia triad it's the one that gets the least amount of pub it's the one that's the least understood but listen it's the one that can be attacked and this story right here demonstrates exactly exactly how you could attack the process the threat actors identified that the microsoft cloud partner program is a process that you can go through to essentially establish trust as a as a as an actor in the Microsoft ecosystem. So they looked at the process. They obviously understood what the process was in order to identify weaknesses, right? They were a fraudulent company. Microsoft, if their process didn't have weaknesses, if it didn't have vulnerabilities, they would have been detected and they wouldn't have been uh, verified. But obviously there's some weaknesses, okay? Just another another example, because I, I, again, the, the, the process weakness doesn't come up often. But when it does, it's interesting. Well, well, here's two really quick, and then I'll, I'll move to the next story. One, I just listened to Jason Haddock, ha, excuse me, Jason Haddock's uh, interview on Darknet Diaries a couple days ago. Great interview. Jason is a legend in the, um, well, he's an offensive security legend, but like he really focuses on web application uh, pen testing, although he can do all the things. He's a really great guy. He actually has a four-hour YouTube video called Red Hacker Methodology. 
um, that's excellent. Like if you're even remotely interested in sniffing bug bounty, go watch Jason Haddock's four hour red hack, uh, not red hacker, um, red team or bug bounty methodology. Okay. It's excellent. Okay. Password resets, right? He was on an engagement and did a password reset to an account he controlled and noticed that it came back with a five digit password as the new, as the new password. He, Reset his password again, got a five digit password, a different one, but five digits, right? So he's like, okay, so the process is you hit reset password, it resets it automatically to a five digit password. He wrote a cracker tool in like 15 seconds that just iterates from 0000 to 99999 and he reset the website admin's password. So the website admin got an email, but it was two in the morning, so they were asleep. And then Jason just attempted to log into that account with 0000, 0001. About 15 minutes later, 73284, Jason logs in. This is a weakness in process, okay? All right, just a couple things around that. DocuSign brand impersonation attack targets thousands of users. Researchers have spotted a brand impersonation attack targeting over 10,000 users by mimicking a common DocuSign workflow action. The emails have shown the ability to bypass both Microsoft Office 365 and Proofpoint email protection solutions. While the email sender name closely resembles legit DocuSign communications, the email address and domain show no association to the company, which can be hard to spot for those using mobile devices. Upon clicking malicious links within the phishing email, victims are redirected to a fake landing page which exfiltrates their Proofpoint user credentials. What? Google? Hold on, what? Hold on one second. I think he made a mistake. I think I think the um, the speaker in the podcast made a mistake. Um, which is fine. Which is fine. I mean, I, we all make mistakes all the time. He said that basic. Like, here's the deal. Um, DocuSign, which is like the the platform that people use to like send contracts to each other, uh, and you you digitally sign them, right? It's it's like a way to sign uh, legal documents, except in a digital age, right? Everybody uses it. I I use it. Okay. Um, phishing people are sending fake DocuSign documents that look legit. Very, it's trivial to scrape graphics and scrape, um, you know, uh, the, the look and feel, right? You just sign up for a DocuSign account and then send yourself an email to sign a document. And then you have the template, right? So you know exactly what it's going to look like when it gets sent to victims, right? Jeremy Williams, I'm a, I'm a man. Hope everyone's doing well. Been a crazy week. Glad to see everyone. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Good to see you too, Jeremy. Hope everything's going well. Hope your uh, your kids are feeling good. Um, okay, so the point here is they said, okay, somehow this brand impersonation, this phishing, phishing attack is able to get by Proofpoint um, and able to get by Microsoft Exchange Online Protection, which is essentially... Uh, email gateways that detect all sorts of fishes and stop them from even getting to your end users. So part of the story is like, it's DocuSign uh, fake emails. Second part of the story is it's getting past uh, security measures right now, which is kind of unusual. I don't know why. And then third, um, it's tricking people into giving their credentials. Now they said giving up their proof point credentials, which to me doesn't make any sense. That's not, that is not an accurate statement because 
end users don't have access to Proofpoint. They're users of Proofpoint. Like the Proofpoint is a infrastructure technology. It's not an endpoint application. Okay, so just put that aside. I think what he meant to say is that they're getting the DocuSign credentials, which could be valuable because now you could um you could get into DocuSign as like uh. Like, well, you're a threat actor. I get into your DocuSign, right? Let's do Tom Bishop, right? I get into Tom Bishop's uh, DocuSign. I can look at all the contracts that Tom Bishop has signed or is doing business with. I can see, oh, he's doing business with Cybersecurity Central and set a contract over for like whatever, like uh, $200,000 worth of work uh, to be paid uh, on February 15th, right? Okay, so now that I can see that, I can message... Um, Kimberly or Cybersecurity Central and say, hey, so happy with the work we're doing under the contract. Just want to update you on the account numbers on where to send the money. Thank you so much. Uh, you could even send a DocuSign um, document to, to like make it look even more legit. So this is kind of what's happening. So just be mindful. The, the TLDR here is if you use DocuSign at your business, you should probably make your business aware that this has an increase in activity. And for some reason, even if you have an email gateway uh, technology, this thing's getting past it, okay? says hackers access customer information. Google said Monday that the primary network provider for Googlefy has informed the company of suspicious activity on a third-party support system containing Googlefy customer data. The timing of the notice, coupled with the fact that Googlefy service leverages both T-Mobile and U.S. cellular networks, suggests the breach is linked to the most recent T-Mobile hack, which was disclosed on January 19th. Google says the hackers accessed limited Googlefy customer information, including phone numbers, account status, SIM card serial numbers, and mobile service plan info. Microsoft. All right. Um, hold on. I'm, I'm just reading this because I didn't, I didn't understand what the problem is. So Google doesn't have its own infrastructure. I guess they ride on top of T-Mobile and U.S. Cellular. Okay. So there's one thing and T-Mobile got hacked, although they think it's, they, they suspect it's related to that breach, not confirmed, right? Um, threat actors got personal data to 37 million customers. It's kind of crappy. Um, they got SIM card serial numbers. I don't know if you can use that for SIM swapping in any capacity. Um, Yeah, payment card information wasn't taken. Honestly, guys, um, I don't know. Like, credit card information is kind of like not, I mean, it's still taken and it's still sold, but like it's less desirable. The banks and the credit card companies have gotten really, really good at detecting fraud and, and basically nerfing the, the value of stealing credit cards. So um, there's no action required, at least. All right, so one Reddit user, you know, the, 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 in, the, the integrity of this post is TBD, but one Reddit user is claiming that they were SIM swapped. Um, yeah, so I guess just basically if you're using Google Fi, if you're using T-Mobile, be careful. Guys, here's the deal. Like two two things. One, this is a question for chat. If, if you use Google Fi, do you like it? I don't know anything about Google Fi. I use like a main uh, telecom provider, like many other people. Uh, I'm kind of curious uh, if Google Fi is worth it. If it's like, is this something that's worth checking out? Okay, now to the story itself. 
if you use Google Fi or, or T-Mobile, you should be mindful of this. Um, the, the, the real TLDR here for people is multi-factor authentication is legit, okay? Multi-factor authentication is legit. You should absolutely use it. However, there are tiers to multi-factor authentication. So like basically not all multi-factor authentication is created equal, all right? A text message is is lower on the, uh, the, the quality because of SIM swapping and stuff, right? Like hardware token, that's awesome, right? You can't really you can't really beat a hardware token, although you could lose it, but no one's gonna have it besides you, okay? Then there's biometric. Biometric's really good, uh, but you know you could get knocked out and someone could you know scan your face. So there's that. Um, there, it, personally, I like the rotating uh, six-digit or eight-digit numbers. I I personally like to use a technology called Authy. Um, Authy. If you guys, this guy right here. A lot of people use Google um, Google Authenticator. The problem with Google Authenticator or Microsoft Authenticator, in my experience, is that when you lose your phone or you upgrade your phone or whatever your phone, you have to like disable all the two FAs and then re-enable. It's a big pain in the ass switching to a new um, device. With Authy, they, you know, it adds a little bit of risk, but with Authy, you can have it on multiple devices simultaneously, which by the way, if you have shared accounts, like say you share your Amazon account with your spouse, right? You can both have the MFA token on your phone instead of having your spouse call you and be like, I'm trying to log into Amazon. What is the, what's the pin? Or like, you're going to get it. Like who hasn't had this conversation with somebody? Hey, you're about to get a text message. Can you read me the six digit pin? Thanks. And then you just like sit there and wait. And then the six digit pin comes in, right? So then lower down is the text messages. That's not really good because it can be it can be SIM swapped. And then I would put the lowest one at the bottom is the phone call. The phone call is terrible, right? I've seen multiple attacks on the phone call, all right? All right, so that's, that's that. However, I would say having text messages or the phone call is better than just disabling 2FA. You know what I mean? Like, 2FA is good. It's just not all created equal. Fender can now isolate compromised Linux endpoints. Microsoft announced Tuesday that Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, or MDE, now allows isolation of onboarded Linux devices. The feature, now available in public preview, allows admins to manually isolate Linux machines using the Microsoft 365 Defender portal or via API requests. Once isolated, threat actors will no longer have a connection to the breached system, blocking further malicious activity. Once the threat is mitigated, isolated devices can easily be reconnected to the network using the Release from Isolation button. Admins can deploy and configure MDE on Linux devices manually or with the help of Puppet, Ansible, and Chef configuration management tools. All right, so two things. One, I'm seeing in chat people are talking about uh, Google Authenticator, Microsoft Authenticator actually being easy to switch over devices. Also, they have a feature for family. Um, th this is new to me. Um, I did switch to Authy like three years ago, so I don't know if this is new features that they've introduced, but I'll tell you what, I'm glad they introduced them because it was a massive pain point for me, uh, <laughs> which is why I switched to Authy. So, um, anyways, thanks for the, the feedback. Yeah, zombie guy, phone factor, man. It's a thing. Um, in fact, I think, um, there was a recent hack, Justin. There was a recent hack, like in the last couple months, that was like big, a big hack, like, you know, like uh, a lot of news 
that had the phone call as the multi-factor authentication. Um, so, okay, I can't remember what it is. So that story is kind of lame, but all right. So, hey, Microsoft Defender now can isolate compromised Linux endpoints. This is pretty sick. Like way to go, Microsoft, for joining joining, <laughs> joining the 21st century. So guys, EDR, endpoint detection and response, it's a common technology used in... Uh, corporate information security programs. It's a little agent that runs on all your workstations. And essentially it reports into a central uh, brain that is the managed console for an EDR platform. All of them do it. Sentinel-1, Carbon Black, Microsoft Defender, pick your poison, they're all doing it this way. Now, when a endpoint gets compromised, it, like, you know, like it gets infected or it starts like alerting that it's it's doing weird stuff, PowerShell's running obfuscated code, um, it's reaching out to weird domains, whatever it is, okay? Um, it'll notify you, and then you can click a button. You can even automate this, but you got to be careful. You can click a button, and it will shut off all... Like, the agent that's installed on the endpoint has, like, god-level status, right? It can do anything on the box, right? Which, which is, you know, a double-edged sword, but anyways, it can do anything. So it cuts off all network communications between the endpoint and everything else except your managed console. Your managed console will still be accessible because you need to manage this endpoint. The problem has been most people run around in a Microsoft world, but there are Linux endpoints out there. Like some, you know, like we've got our diehard Linux people out there, but for the most part, Linux is typically reserved for IT infrastructure, right? Like you're running, um, I don't, I don't know, um, like an example, but let's say, um, is, is, is Greylog and an Elk stack that, that's probably built on Linux, right? So you're running like security IT infrastructure, you're running IT, IT infrastructure, right? A lot of us move to the cloud, but there is a lot of Linux, um, information out there. Yeah, Elk, Fedora, like whatever it is, whether, whether it's, whether it's Fedora, Debian, um, Oh my God, my brain's melting. What, whatever, right? It's just, we didn't have the ability to do Linux. And by the way, for the people in the audience who are like, Linux doesn't get malicious. <laughs> Linux doesn't, malware doesn't work on Linux. That's that's a myth. So let's let's uh, let's address that right away. Uh, malware does exist. It's just less frequent. Um, and I just want to show you really quickly at Malware Bazaar. You can see here, this is just, yeah, I'm not a robot. All right. This is malware bazaar. This is a repo of all the malware of malware, right? And I'm just scrolling right now. Doo, doo, doo. These are all Windows binaries, coin miners. I'm just kind of curious if I can find an elf like immediately. I want to hold on. Will I be able to? Yeah. There we go. Like like within one second, somebody somebody today posted a um, Linux. Malware. I don't know what it does, but so Linux malware is quite real and it's quite it's quite out there. Okay, this is a GAF GYT whatever. So, anyways, good job if you're running Microsoft Defender environment. Tell the server admins, tell the BSECs of the world that hey, bro, like Microsoft Defender can go on. Hey. Microsoft Defender can go on your Linux endpoints now and don't let them push back and say that it takes too much system resources and it's going to degrade the performance of the machine. Tell them, 
Let's just install the agent first and take a look, shall we? Can can we can we have a baseline before and after? Or are you just saying this? My good friend. Okay. Let's listen to the mid-roll. And now a word from our sponsor, Hunters. Hunters is a SaaS platform purpose-built for your security operations team. Solaris Group, a leading German fintech, implemented Hunter's SOC platform to, quote, stay ahead of the game when it comes to cybersecurity, end quote. Hunter's out-of-the-box detection and correlation have allowed their engineers to enjoy a more streamlined and enjoyable work life. It's time to move beyond SIM with Hunter's. Visit hunters.ai to learn more. All right. It's the mid-roll. It's the time where we do the fun stuff. All right. At the mid-roll, I'd like to take a minute and just say thank you all for being here today. If you're getting value from the show, whether it's educational, entertaining, or just hanging out and chatting, talking to some good people, uh, I want to thank all of you. Those who are chatting and those, a couple people who have been lurking uh, in chat for, 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 for over uh, a year. I met a couple of them yesterday on the Discord server. For those who don't chat, but you are here and you show up on the regular, Thank you. I genuinely appreciate it wherever you are. If you guys get value and you'd like to say thank you to me, please take a second and hit that like button. It does go a long way to promote the channel to other people who are interested in cybersecurity on the platform. People who haven't heard of Simply Cyber, um, when you hit the like buttons, it, it'll basically show up on their homepage and they'll be like, oh, what's this guy doing? This guy looks this guy looks interesting. Let me let me see what this guy's about. And then they get in here and then chat's like, welcome, welcome aboard. Get in here. Get in here. So hit that like button. Thanks to Barricade Cyber Solutions for the uh, persistent sponsorship. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, Eric Taylor has uh, mentioned to me that uh, Barricade will always be a sponsor of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. A lot of, uh, lot of support, a lot of love for what we do here every single weekday morning. Again, thank you to ACI Learning, um, IT Pro by ACI Learning for uh, their continued support. I love partnering with them and, and love to see where we're going with this relationship. Guys, if you wanna get an email from me every single Monday morning at 6 a.m., holler at boy, go to simplycyber.io slash newsletter, sign up. You can unsubscribe super easy. It's just a button to unsubscribe. This is not uh, anything other than that, and I send you three pieces of actionable intel that you can do something with immediately on Monday morning, which is a winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right, no stream later tonight, um, or tomorrow, excuse me, no Thursday stream, no threat gen red versus blue today. I'm riding, I'm riding, uh, riding light. I'm, I'm riding the. Uh, Low on the hip on a train bound for glory. What do you mean Tom Brady's retired? Hold on. <laughs> just playing, just playing. I, like I just end the stream because I like melt down. Come on. We'll see what Tom Brady. Tom Brady retired once before, right? Let's not let's not jump to conclusions. Oh my god. You guys are killing me. You want to talk about derailing the show? Oh. Nope, nope, nope. He just walked his first red carpet. There we go. That's what happened. That's what you must have meant. That's what you meant. 
La, 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 la. Oh, man, I love me some Tom Brady. All right, guys, let's get back into the news. Oh, Joel, stop it, stop it, stop it. All right, guys, let's get back into the news. Madison Square Garden's facial recognition system targeted by legislators. It was revealed late last year that MSG Entertainment, who owns Madison Square Garden, among other New York entertainment venues, was using facial recognition tech to ban its adversaries. Mm -hmm. MSG effectively banned all lawyers working for firms currently engaged in litigation against the company. Owner James Dolan stated the bans were meant to prevent litigants from performing ad hoc discovery by snooping around its arenas. One such ban resulted in a woman being unable to attend a Rockettes performance with her daughter and Girl Scout troop. On Tuesday, Attorney General Letitia James' office sent a letter to MSG Entertainment expressing that its practices are, quote, plagued with biases and false positives, end quote. Additionally, city legislators are preparing an amendment that would force MSG to dispense with its bans. Okay, so there's two things going on here, okay? One, we talked about this story like a couple months, like a month ago about the, the, the Girl Scout troop thing. Like she got kicked out of the thing because she's a lawyer, but like she was there on the weekend, like not as a lawyer, not in a legal capacity, not violating any type of like no trespassing or uh, restraining order or anything. Like they just flagged her and escorted her out. Um, She had bought tickets to the show. There's two things going on here. One, they have the facial recognition system. Um, and the argument... um from lawyers is that, oh, it's got biases and stuff like that. Honestly, I don't see how the biases have anything to do with anything. The point is that they're proactively hunting the crowd, looking for people in a straight up like corporate surveillance system to identify individuals and remove them if they are whatever, like disagree with what they're doing. They're identified as a threat. Um, obviously like you should be using this if like you find a, uh, a, a wanted criminal or somebody who's like, you get a tip, like it's Jack Bauer from 24 and they're like, Oh, we heard that the bad guy is in Madison square garden. You've got minutes to find it, Jack. And it's like, doot, doot, and then like Jack just like kicks in the door of the security system. He's like, move, I'm Jack Bauer. And then like instantly he knows how like all the surveillance facial recognition tech works. And then he like hits a couple keyboards and it's like, and then it like zooms in on the bad guy. And then obviously it enhances, it enhances twice. And then he's like, that's him. And then Jack like jumps out of the security uh, window and like repels down on a cable that has no reason to be there and then drops down on the guy. That's the use case where it makes sense. Like kicking uh, a scoutmaster out from a Girl Scouts at the Rockettes is a stupid use case. And it's just weaponizing it's weaponizing the facial recognition. So to me, the, the, there's nothing about the biases and what the lawsuit's doing. The issue is all around how they're pro, like they're choosing who to uh, evict or not evict, right? However, my 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 um <clears throat> my one concern with this is that they're talking about rolling out facial recognition at all U.S. airports, for example, to help TSA. Guys, like, get get your tinfoil hat out, Jer. Um, it's like once you put the systems in place, yeah, it can help us keep, uh, like you know, criminals or terrorists off of planes. 
but it can also be used to quickly identify dissent, you know, uh, activists, investigative journalists, counter, you know, counter, uh, you know, whatever power, whatever faction is in power at the time. Basically, whoever controls the surveillance system can weaponize it to identify threats to their power. It's what they're doing allegedly in China. It's what they wrote about in George Orwell's 1984. It's what it's it's. It's not good, guys. Like wholesale surveillance cloaked in like righteousness and law enforcement needs is cool, but once the system's in place, it's like anything else. This is this is it's not exactly one to one, but this is why Apple pushed back so hard on a master backdoor in all of their iPhones after the San Bernardino um issue or incident right they're like no we're not putting a back door for the government to open up and they're like well it's for law enforcement to be able to stop bad stuff from happening it's like yeah but like once the backup's there technically it can be used for anything so anyways not uh, like it just it makes me a little nauseous that these mass surveillance systems i would say that the trick is to not push back and try to stop it because there's no stopping it this thing is here it's more about understanding how to operate within it. And there's been all sorts of things. People make sweaters um, that like will disrupt the facial recognition. I don't understand how it works. We've seen some people put like tape on their face, which makes it, but I mean, it's obvious you're wearing tape on your face. So like, why are you doing that? Okay. GitHub confirms signing certificates stolen in cyber attack. GitHub confirmed on Monday that threat actors stole three digital certificates used for its desktop and Atom applications during a cyber attack back in December. The company said they plan to revoke the exposed certificates, which will invalidate some versions of GitHub desktop for Mac between 3.0.2 and 3.1.2 and Atom text editor <coughs> versions 1.63.0 and 1.63.1 as of February 2nd. GitHub clarified that the stolen certs were password protected and that they found no indication of malicious use. Okay. <clears throat> so a couple things. Um, one, certif digital certificates were stolen. Um, it says signing certificates. I'm not a big... Guys, I'll be the first to admit, like crypto and that whole space is probably my weakest area in the cybersecurity like buffet, Okay. Uh, to me, it's like <laughs> my level of of give a crap about and and I'm not I'm not talking down on anybody who's into the crypto space. Like I love that there's people who do that. I depend on those people. But for me, like the depth of crypto I want to get to is like, is it AES? Yes or no? Go, okay, go. Like let's go. Um, and I understand uh, certificates and PKI at a uh, theoretical level, but implementation stuff. Okay, so here's the thing. A couple things. One, GitHub says that the signing certs are stolen. They were encrypted. They were password protected. Hopefully it's a strong password. The cool thing with PKI though, they said that they, they, they saw no unauthorized changes, no anything at all. So this is kind of like a nothing story because there was no impact from the successful data breach. Here is something that is absolutely fantastic. And part of the reason why um, PKI, public key infrastructure, is so sick. PKI has revocation capabilities, right? So when something like this happens, when these certs get stolen, from a centralized command, 
you can basically revoke those certificates, which trickles down and issue new certificates. So basically these certs got stolen and they're useless now, right? I, I'm assuming that they've revoked these certs, right? It'll cause a little bit of a, um, a, a, a like a ripple effect of disruption a little bit as things get kind of like pointing to the new certs. Because basically when you check a cert, it's supposed to go up a root tree and, and validate like, yeah, this cert is still valid, right? It, it, it hasn't expired on time. It's still, it hasn't been revoked by the, the issuing um, trust, right? So again, it gets wicked complicated, but the point I'm trying to make is keys can be revoked and new ones can be issued very quickly. That's one of the huge, huge values of PKI infrastructure versus like just a, sh a shared key, a pre-shared key. So anyways, way to go, GitHub. Way to go, Microsoft. Look at Microsoft all grown up with their with their uh, cyber best practices. Aura and Cyversity partner to support a more inclusive cyber workforce. On Tuesday, Aura, the leader in intelligent safety for consumers, announced a partnership with nonprofit Cyversity in an effort to increase opportunity for underrepresented talent in the cybersecurity workforce. Aura's sponsorship will include a contribution to Cyversity's scholarship fund, cyber education for Cyversity members, and a mentorship from Aura's chief information security officer. The Cyversity partnership builds on Aura's existing DE&I initiatives, including existing collaborations with Code2 College and Howard University. Okay, well, this is cool. Um, I don't understand exactly how you get uh, access to this. Um, this is cool. This is like, this is my news. Uh, that's kind of fun. Uh, this is uh, AP drop from Boston, Mass. Way to go, Beantown. Uh, mentoring scholarships and professional development for uh, underrepresented people in the industry. This is great. Cybersecurity Central, uh, whole cyber human initiative. The, the groups that are nonprofits that are trying to help others break into the industry. Guys, on average, um, and these numbers are going to be terribly uh, not accurate, but they're, they're close. So it makes sense. On average, here, actually, let me do this. Let me do this. This is this will be an interesting experience. Cybersecurity workforce diversity statistics. Cause it's it's mostly male, that's for sure. And then I don't know what the like um white versus Asian versus uh African American versus Hispanic. Uh let me see. Um is this where this comes from? Okay, so this is from cyberdegrees.org. I didn't fact check this, but you know, like I feel pretty good about it. All right. 63% of all jobs in cybersecurity are held by uh white white people, right? Men and women, I assume. Um Again, is this I'm not sure that this is uh so this says cybersecurity. So I'm not sure if this means just IT, but 62% white, 20% Asian. It gets down into single digits here, 7% African-American, 8% Hispanic, 3% other. So there is a, like to say a majority would be completely accurate, um, would be a completely accurate way of saying it. So um, there's that. And then for male, female, this is this is actually what I would think here. 24% woman. I actually think that that's high. Um, all, all due respect, um, women. Um, I thought it was lower, right? So, you know, for every three men, there's one woman in the workforce. For every uh, six white 
uh, uh, workers in the workforce. Uh, there's there's four, uh, you know, other or whatever you want to say. So all, all this is to say, like this this story is great because it's promoting opportunity, it's promoting mentorship, it's promoting access, right? So like through T, I'm sorry to get on a little bit of a soapbox here, but like TCM Security, Simply Cyber. Uh, the schools, the courses, twenty nine ninety nine, right? Like the the whole reason we we do that is to make the knowledge, to make the opportunity accessible to everybody, regardless of like socioeconomic status, regardless of um, you know, like it, it it's it's almost systemic, right? So like you know, when you come up, if you don't have money, it's hard to kind of break into that next tier and get access to education so you can get access to a better job, so you can get access to more money, so you can hook up your kids, so they can get access to better schools, so they can get access to better jobs, so they can get access to more money, right? It takes generations to kind of fix this, right? Or or to level it out. So um, I'm just glad to see this. One, one thing they said, though, is that like somebody gets mentorship from the CISO. Like, I don't think that that's scalable because it's one person. But uh, yeah, anyways, this is cool. Yeah, I, I think the IT field was was uh, similar, uh, BSEC. I think this is, I think this column right here is IT field and this is maybe uh, cybersecurity. Again, I didn't, I, I wasn't prepared because I didn't know this story was going to come up, but you know, we'll see. McDonald's uses classical music to deter antisocial behavior. A McDonald's restaurant in Wales has taken unusual measures following incidents involving groups of youngsters at several locations, which led to police intervention. The McDonald's branch has started playing classical music and turning off Wi-Fi in the evening hours in a bid to deter antisocial behavior. McDonald's said it was committed to being a good neighbor in the area. Yep. Okay, so check this out. Here's a real uh, uh, true, true, true thing, okay? Um, this is brilliant. Guys, sometimes you got to think outside the box. Sometimes, remember, like, don't don't just like um, you can't just try to apply the same controls all the time to like stop all the things. Okay, you have to look at it um, kind of open-minded, right? So you have a threat, you have an issue, you have something, and the objective is to mitigate it down or or remediate it completely out of here. This and guys, so there's a little bit of a parallel here. This is an interesting story, but there's a little bit of parallel in how you can do this for information security, right? So basically, punks are hanging out at McDonald's, causing causing issues for McDonald's. Uh, you know, people going in trying to get a Big Mac and, and some a small fry, right? Maybe you want to get a little shake because you heard that the Shamrock shakes are out and the McRib is is back, baby, right? <laughs> right? And you go in there and there's like you know. Um, you know, uh, what's his name from the Sex Pistols? Um, Johnny Rotten's in there and he's like making you feel uncomfortable. So you leave and McDonald's is like, oh man, I was going to sell that McRib and now I can't, right? So what they do is play classical music, which, you know, young punks aren't going to like and they can't change the music and they turn off the Wi-Fi, which deters them from wanting to be there, right? Most people going in in the evenings aren't hanging out there. They just want to grab a Happy Meal and you know, a six piece nugget and get the, get, get home. So this is a really interesting solution of, of combating an issue in a creative way that is non-confrontational. Okay. Another example to this that I've seen to make a point is, um, I have seen bus stations, right. You know, or bus stops, right. You know, like basically the, um, 
like the bench with the covering and stuff like that. And in some cities, um, they have glass. Well, the cities noted that basically the glass would get shattered on the regular because punks would walk by and, and just like pick up a rock and throw it through because they're punks. Who gives a crap, right? So the cities started putting boards up. And instead of trying to break the boards down, they started graffitiing on the boards. Now, it's still not awesome, but the boards stayed up and they didn't have to replace them on the regular, okay? Versus the glass. So it's it's not about we're going to have glass and we're just going to put an armed guard next to the glass and make sure that the glass doesn't break or we're going to we're going to buy more expensive glass that doesn't shatter. No, they just address the problem, okay? That's it. And that does it for today's cybersecurity headlines. Ooh, that does it for today's cybersecurity headlines. Let's put some music on, boy. All right. want to say thank you all to being here. Somehow we went way over. I don't know how we did that, honestly. But uh, sorry to Base Case and NCC Group for uh, chewing into your, your, your coffee time. If you were here just for the news... 167 of you, thank you so much for being here. Genuinely appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time for the Thursday Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I do teach on um, Tuesday, uh, Thursday mornings, so I won't be here. We will have guest uh, host on Friday and Monday. Eric Taylor is uh, scheduled for Monday. Friday uh, was Eric Taylor, but it's going to be somebody different now. S- stay tuned. It'll be a surprise for everybody. And if you're uh, you're just here for the news, peace out. We'll see you later. If you're here for the jaw jacking, let's do it for a minute or two, shall we? <laughs> if you were here just for the news, thanks so much and stay secure. All right, so let me look at chat really quickly. I saw Allison Van Stone in here. Love the industry, but can't stand its lack of diversity. I've worked in like six different industries in the worst in terms of diversity. Otherwise, I love it. Yeah, Allison, we're trying. We're trying. I wanted to, um, I've been trying to, I mean, not that I'm like any great shakes or anything, but I've been trying to make my, uh, channel simply cyber more inclusive, uh, intentionally. I want to show you guys. Oh, let's see if I can do it. Yeah, here we go. So I'm pulling up my student, my analytics. I don't know if you guys can see it. So this is analytics for Simply Cyber for the month of January. Um, what's up, Australia? Look at you. Look at you, Australia, showing up. Okay. Um, so uh, here we go. 9.6% female. So uh, we were north of 10% there for a hot minute, but um, I was try. I'm try. I try to. I do try to do this right. I don't know if you guys noticed, like, I mean, I, 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 I interview women on the channel. Um, I interview uh, people of, um, un, you know, I guess, under, underserved populations. Um, I try to be inclusive. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, the age group makes sense because this is workforce people. But this is something I've tried to be be mindful of, but I guess haven't been as successful. Whoops. Hold on one second. My chat's all jacked up. My chat's all jacked up on Mountain Dew. All right, let me see. Good morning as I roll in at the end of the show. No problem, Scott B. Hey, Jenny Housley. Thanks, Jenny. I try. 
Dude, there's, there's so much going on in this industry. Like, why wouldn't we want all the help? People have great ideas, different perspectives. People have come from different backgrounds, different cultures. You got, you got to support it, man. Love, I love that you did the neurodivergent video. Yeah, thanks, Paulon. I, I, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, that was, that was awesome. And I got to meet, um, uh, oh my God, Nate O'Reilly. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, we did a whole uh, neurodivergent panel on the on the channel. And it was fantastic. I don't know if I can get it. Yeah, I don't know where it is. You can find it on the channel. Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah, Late Night with Jerry. I forgot about that. Um, that, that dropped last night. <laughs> if you guys are interested in that here, uh, we're live right now. But how do I... Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, this was in there. Like Justin Gold. People have been saying some really nice things. Yeah. So this is uh, some of the promo art for my upcoming uh, show on Night TV. It's basically going to be a like late, late, late show, like the late night talk show. I'll have my, I'll have my own studio, like my own set. Um, I'll have my own set, a desk, a couch. Uh, I'll have guests. I don't know if there'll be like a monologue or something like that. Um, it'll be dope. It'll be so dope. I'm actually, I got to fly out to Las Vegas to do the filming. So I'll be flying out there uh, frequently. Um, that's right, BSEC. This is the show. Welcome to Jawjacking, where you learn all the secrets. Yeah, Duke Norris, I think K through 12. I think STEM, of course, I'm super biased because I love cybersecurity, but I think STEM needs to be C-STEM. I think it needs to be cybersecurity, science, technology. Like, like the T can't just hog cybersecurity. It needs to be its own thing. Um, let's see. Oh, my God. Memeing it, yeah. Oh, we've got What's Your Meme Thursday tomorrow. I've already seen the preview of it. You guys are in for a treat. I have no control. I do not censor Haircut Fish on his memes. I just get to see it before anyone else because I have to pull it up on stream. And, uh, oh boy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Here's another different uh, shot. Me being a goober here. All right, what else, y'all? Wait, where are you getting the time? Hey, hey, Daylight Maz D32. Yeah, I do a lot of time management. I'm very, very. I mean, I'm very busy. Don't make any mistake about that. I'm, I'm ridiculously busy. That's why I don't respond to everybody's messages. I try, but it's hard. You know, I feel like I mentor at scale, and it's difficult to do individual stuff. Still working on the course, um, but but this night TV thing is going to be sick. You guys are gonna. I hope you guys like it. I'm gonna try to. It's, I'm gonna try to bring like the vibe and energy that I have, you know, in 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 uh, simply cyber daily cyber threat briefing and the simply cyber lives and, and everything I do. What you see is what you get, guys. This is who I am. So I will be trying to do that on this show as well. Yeah, Carrie. Um, actually, you know what? Um. 
Sidekick might be too strong a word, but I've identified an individual who I want to do the show with me. He he is very interested in doing the show with me. And I he won't be there for season one because we're too far down the road um, to introduce him to the show. But I think he'll be part of season two. I've already committed to three seasons. Like that's the the, the contract, basically. I've, I've committed to three seasons uh, with them. And then obviously if it's going well and people like it, we'll renew for, you know, another season or three. But I have a guy... And I don't want to reveal anything uh, because it's very, very early. There hasn't been any commitments or anything made. We're still kind of exploring. But I, you guys know who he is, and he is brilliant. And I can't wait. I hope he becomes part of the show, Late Night with Jerry, or Late Show with Jerry. How long are the episodes going to be? I don't know yet, Anthony. Stay tuned for that. Regine asks, when's the show start? Stay tuned for that. Um, th my set is being built right now. Um, out in, in at the studio in Vegas. So that that's like the construction's happening right now. So I don't even know when we're filming. I have to fly out there and, and do all that. So, oh, thanks, Allison Van Stone. I try. It's important to me. Big money ballin', Jerry. <laughs> big, big ballin'. Jerry's about to get that Ranger over. Yeah, right, bud. No way. I drive a pickup truck. It's jaw jacking. You got to give us some hints. Nah, storm locking. I can't. It's too early. It's too early in the process. I can't reveal that type of stuff. Uh, although I've talked to him and he's he's very, very interested. And I talked to the studio and they're very, very interested. So they just need to connect with each other. Yeah. Oceanfront property in Arizona. That's right. Oh, my God. Guys, you know, I do the um, the the. So I don't know if you guys know, but I do the Simply Cyber report for Lima Charlie. Um, Lima Charlie podcast. I, I don't know if you guys know this. I always forget to like mention it. Um, Cyber Defenders podcast. Okay. So check this out. So I don't know if you guys know this, but I do here. I'll put this in chat. Okay. There's a podcast that I do every two weeks. I record like seven or eight minutes of content and I send it to Lima Charlie and I'm part of their podcast. Um, and how do I, um, here we go. Yeah. So this podcast, right? you can see February 1st, they just dropped a new one. The simply cyber report. Actually it's right here. Um, here. I'll send this to you guys on chat. Um, I just want to tell you, I, I recorded this, um, when did I record this? Like yesterday or, or um, two days ago, Monday? I think I did it Monday morning, okay? Like right after the stream. Um, oh shit, hold on one second. Oh, I gotta go. I got a meeting. Bye guys. Check out this, check out this, um, basically I sing, I sing baby come back, baby come back. You can blame it all on me. I sing it in this, in the podcast. It's kind of funny. I got to go though. Why can't I copy and paste in this freaking field? There we go. All right. I got to go. Thanks everybody. I'm late for a meeting until next time. Stay secure.